0: The fans get up and they get out of town The arena is empty except for one man Still driving and striving as fast as he can The sun has gone down and the moon has come up And long ago somebody left with the cup But he's driving and striving Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to an emergency edition of the Pewter Report podcast. I am John Ledyard, your host, joined by no one, just myself tonight, coming to you live. If you're listening to it live, if you're all in, in here uh, watching the show, appreciate y'all. Happy to have y'all here. Pumped to be talking about another huge move by the Bucks. Uh, I have mixed opinions and thoughts on. The signing of Antonio Brown by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I uh, think that this is a move that a lot of people are going to look at it from multiple angles, and we need to make sure we are looking at it from multiple angles, in my opinion. This is not simply a player is good and this makes team better type of move. I wish that it was. Um, you know, as a guy who comes from, as most of you know, hails from around Pittsburgh, um, you know, I've very covered Antonio Brown for three years in that locker room before any of the stuff that was going public happened. Um, I, I know a lot about Antonio Brown. I know how the locker room perceived Antonio Brown. I know how the media perceived Antonio Brown there. Um, I know how I perceived Antonio Brown. Um, and I know when things started getting worse with Antonio Brown, don't know where they are currently as in the last seven, maybe eight months with Antonio Brown. I keep trying to remember now when the last time we heard from him was. Actually, this summer, he said he was retiring again. I think that was the last thing uh, that we heard publicly from Antonio Brown. So there is a lot to unpack here. It is not a black and white issue. Um, It is is an issue that has a lot of nuance and a lot of levels to it. The first thing we just will address right off the bat. Antonio Brown, the last time we saw him, and basically every time we've seen him, on a football field has been a good football player that might change now that he's a little bit older and hasn't played near very much in the, in in the recent years and played one game last year, Um, hasn't played since late December of 2018. I guess it would be now Um, that might've changed. Uh, I doubt that it's changed significantly since he was still at the top of his game at that point in time. I'm sure that he will still be a good football player um, on the field for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when he's there. Um, So I don't even, you know, we can talk about that part of it. If people have questions, by the way, if you're in here in the the chat and you have questions about that part of it or any part of it, really let fly the questions and we will talk about it. Um, I'll try to get to everything that I can on the issue, Uh, trying to keep this podcast to, you know, uh, 20, 25 minutes, um, just to give you guys kind of a snapshot of everything going on in this move. But if you have questions, great. Also, if you're jumping in, if you're watching live and you're like, man, this is pretty cool. Like these Peter report guys, they might know a thing or two. And and when they're talking about the bucks, go ahead over to our YouTube channel, Peter reports, YouTube channel, uh, Peter report TV and subscribe, uh, and, and hit that bell and get our notifications When we're going live. We go live four times a week. We talk about the bucks in depth, um, Scott Reynolds, Mark Cook, Matt Matera, Taylor Jenkins. We've had awesome guests on the show too. Um, so I just think there's a, there's a lot uh, of bucks, uh, good Bucs content happening here. Um, and so um, yeah, make sure you hit that subscribe, follow us on YouTube as much as you can uh, watch over there. And uh, we'll try to keep bringing you guys great live content as well. Um, so yeah, there's many levels to this, but like I said, on the field, it's really not one of them. I mean, I don't think Antonio Brown's a bad football player. I, I don't think he's gonna be a bad football player in Tampa Bay necessarily. You know, I think there's a lot of layers to it. One of those layers is that Antonio Brown has been pretty, pretty adamant about our, or sorry, Bruce Arians has been pretty adamant about the fact that Antonio Brown's not going to play for him. (laughs) Not going to happen in Tampa Bay. Uh, he's maybe one of the only players Bruce Arians has been repeatedly critical of, um, and, uh, you know, when he was, out of the league, you know, after, after he, he left Pittsburgh, when he's out of the league for a year, Bruce Arians was critical of Antonio Brown. Um, and then just recently, just this past spring, uh, was in critical of him of, uh, of him again, uh, March uh, 26th, I believe it was, this year on uh, Tiki and Tierney show on CBS Sports Network. Arians was asked by Tiki Barba about the likelihood of Brown coming to Tampa Bay. Yeah, it's not going to happen, Arians said. There's no room and probably not enough money, but it's not going to happen. It's not a fit here. Then he went on to say no when asked if it was because he didn't trust what Brown would, do, Brown would do for the culture of the team. Arian said, Yeah, I just know him and it's not a fit in our locker room. I don't know what's changed since then. Well, I take that back. We do know what's changed since then. Um, you know, we don't know whether Antonio Brown is redeemed or reformed or any of that. You know, that is, that's the thing that a lot of people will say people deserve a second chance. First of all, not a second chance with Antonio Brown. This is like the fifth chance. And I'm not even talking about football teams, I'm talking about in terms of incidents that he's had been forgiven for, been given another chance and then mess it up again. And so I think people need to recognize that we are not talking about a second chance type of situation with a guy who messed up one time. This is a guy with repeated, consistent, consistent, Concerns and issues, some of which have yet to be substantiated, and maybe will be someday. Some of which is un- undisputable at this point. Um, and so, you know, you can do your research on all those different issues. I'm not here to rehash every single issue. Um, you know, you can talk about whether he deserves, as Jordan Ridgeway says here, whether he deserves a sixth chance. And I think Jordan says that tongue in cheek, but you could talk about that. I mean, that's open for debate whether you think Antonio Brown deserves that or not. You know, but but we need to call it what it is this is this is a sixth chance for Antonio Brown you know that's what this is this is that kind of a situation not oh he messed up one time and, and you know he deserves to to have another shot at this thing like I don't think that's that's I don't think that's fair to characterize this situation that way when you compare it to what other people um other other situations around the league and so um yeah is he one of the best receivers of all time as many of people have mentioned in here absolutely there's no doubt about that uh we don't know exactly how good he'll be right now you know it's kind of a situation with Gronk too we're not Totally sure how good he's gonna be. Um, you know, I think that we can assume, like I said, he would be he would be good, but there's this level of it that's confusing, and that Arians has said straight up, it's not gonna happen. This guy doesn't fit in the locker room, there's no room for him here, and now it's happening. And so, yeah, I think it's interesting. And I don't think necessarily it means Arians and B, and A B can't sit down and figure it out and, and talk to each other and make it work and that all is possible i think but it's very everybody has to admit it's very rare that we see a coach specifically come out and say no chance no way not happen and shooting it down no questions about it um and i just don't know that that is something that we can just kind of brush by and be like oh you know ba this ba what he says about all kinds of things and he does ba says about all kinds of things and then we'll go Say the exact opposite a week later. There's no doubt about that. And maybe that's part of it. But at the same time, there's history here. Um, and there's knowledge here of who Antonio Brown is. And there was clear resistance by Bruce Arians to who Antonio Brown was and bringing him into the Tampa Bay locker room. And now let's just call it what it is. Tom Brady wore down Jason Light and Bruce Arians. It's what it is. Tom Brady made this move. The Bucks let Tom Brady be GM for this type of a move. It doesn't mean that they were like, okay, we can't we can see how it might work out. Of course, everybody can see how it might work out. AB could put it together for eight games and, you know, not be an issue and, you know, hang tight for the playoffs if they make those. And, you know, and that I mean, sure, we can all paint that perfect imagery. Oh, this is how the scenario works out, just like we can do for every draft prospect that ends up not working out, every player with character concerns that doesn't end up working out like it's a great locker room. There's a lot of strong leaders. They're not going to put up with his B.S., I think all those things are actually true. I think that the Bucks locker room is well positioned to handle Antonio Brown. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But when people talk about breaking up a locker room, I don't think that that is a very general term and it has lots of nuance to it. Like, is Antonio Brown going to turn the Bucks locker room into a finger pointing mess of people who are on AB side, people who are not on AB side? I mean, no, I don't think that's what's going to happen. Um, I don't think it's that type of a situation, Uh, but I do think that one of the things that you have to, you have to think about with these situations is what are the levels to it? You know, what are, what is it, what is the effect going to be on Mike Evans and Chris Godwin? I don't mean this in a demo, in a diva way. Like, I don't mean that at all. Like, I don't think this is a situation where Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are going to be like resentful of Antonio Brown or whatever. But at the same time, man, I mean, it's, is kind of like a I mean you think about being Mike Evans and Chris Godwin you get Tom Brady and he comes in and you know he's got these great weapons to play with and all he does is talk about bringing in Antonio Brown a guy who hasn't even played for two years now and you know it's just kind of like I don't want to say disrespectful but I feel like deep down with those guys I'm sure they'll never say anything or whatever but it's like deep down with those guys it's like man like you know we've done a ton for this organization this franchise we've played incredibly high level um, and you know, this new quarterback comes in and he's wants somebody who isn't here. And, you know, it's like, I think there's a lot of belief in that room that that room was good enough the way that it was. And so I think that um, I think, yeah, that, 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 that some of that type of stuff confessor and some of that kind type of stuff can exist, I think in the locker room and, and be considered, um, you know, by multiple parties in this situation. And so uh, you know, what does, what does being a problem in the locker room even, even mean, what does it entail, <clears throat> you know, if if Antonio Brown has issues off the field, concerns off the field, and that could extend even his usage of social media, which has been a problem, you know, going back a couple of years with the Steelers, um, been a problem repeatedly. Like I, I have no doubt that the Bucks, you know, pull the trigger on this thing pretty quick and, and get him out of there. Um, you know, so I, I don't know that that part is like necessarily. Do I think that it can be a distraction in the locker room? I doubt it. Like I really don't think that's the issue. But I do think I do wonder how much the fact that Brady clearly said, you know, these my guys Gronk and, and AB who I want in there and Gronk made sense on multiple levels. I think players saw that and they were okay with that. But now AB it's kind of like, okay, this guy wants all new people. And we feel like we've got a great room that's statistically dominated for years now. I think it's a valid point to make in this argument that those guys have to be wondering that. No, I'm not saying they're going to say it to the media, I'm not even saying they're going to say it out loud to each other, but I think it has to be something that's in their mind. They're like, you know, this has been one of the best skill groups in the league and now it's better than it never was before. Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, That's better than the wide receiver three options they had here last year. That's better than the wide receiver three options they've had here in a while. And this room is one of the best wide receiver rooms in the league. And now we're adding a player to it who could be, who has all this baggage and could be this potential distraction. We're taking this huge risk. Like we need that type of player. You know, when the Patriots signed Antonio Brown last year, they did so with sexual allegations, uh, sexual assault allegations, misconduct allegations, and Personal misconduct allegations hanging over Antonio Brown's head at that time. Those allegations worsened, and then they let go of him. But they took that kind of a risk—that substantial of a risk—in the public eye to sign Antonio Brown. Frankly, a move that you know I I think that they probably, obviously regretted when they let him go uh, a week later, gave him all that money. And uh, but they took that kind of a risk because they knew their wide receiver room wasn't good enough. And we proceeded to see throughout the year that their wide receiver room was not good enough. That's why they made the move. And so, even if you totally disagree with it morally, and your boy was in that corner, even if you totally disagree with it from that perspective, from a football perspective, you got it. You knew that they recognized there was a massive need, and Tony Brown could fill it. That kind of player wasn't going to come available in any other type of facet for that type of a, of a low expense uh, return. And so, I think that that mattered to them at that point in time. The Bucs are not in that situation, and they still went and took the risk. I just don't know how you could be a player there and be like in that position and not be like, man, I don't know how this doesn't say something about me and the way Brady perceives me. And so it has to be thought about, has to be talked about. Will it divide the locker room? Will it keep them from winning a Super Bowl or getting to a Super Bowl or anything like that? No, I don't think that. I don't think that it's to that extent. Things can be true and not be the end of the world. That's something that I think fans need to understand. Things can be true and they can be a problem and those things can be able to be overcome. I think that's needs to be recognized and needs to be understood that both of those things can be true and there can be nuance in these discussions when it comes to to not only Antonio Brown, but just all kinds of things around the league. Um, And so that's one angle to consider it from and to look at it from as well. But yes, on the field, I mean, Antonio Brown can play all three wide receiver spots. That's a huge advantage. Mike Evans is probably going to be the X on this team. Antonio Brown's typically been a Z. um, And I'd imagine he and Chris Godwin will be pretty interchangeable. Uh, I would imagine that Chris Godwin will continue to play in the slot a good bit. Antonio Brown can play outside just fine. He's one of the best receivers in the league against press coverage. I would guess that that's probably how you'll see him. But you'll definitely see a good exchange of Godwin and Brown in the slot. Um, I don't think any of those guys playing time really takes a hit. The only situation where I could see them taking a hit, and I know we'll talk about this because I see some people having comments uh, in in this chat as well. Uh, You know, Scotty Miller, Mike Evans are hurt more than they are telling us. I saw some people saying injuries are the reason um, that that this had to happen. Here's my question about that. I'm not disagreeing with it necessarily, but Neither Chris neither Chris Godwin nor Mike Evans were on the injury report for either of the last two games. They weren't questionable. I know they were limited in practice a little bit, but one would think that are they, are they going to go from guys who aren't even on the injury report before games to just sitting a week because they brought in Antonio Brown and being able to rest those guys? If so, cool, maybe that's the situation they're in, but also what are they going to do the next two weeks? Because there's no way Antonio Brown's not going to play this week against the Raiders and then he's not going to play next week either. And so he's going to be back for week nine against the saints. So he's going to miss the Raiders and the giants game. So there's two games. Those guys still have to play in at less than hundred percent to the point where they could consider sitting them for the case of Antonio Brown, if they were to make their injuries worse, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure logically how it's going to play out. And then even week nine, you know, with the rules, I, I'm trying to think, I don't know whether he'd be able to join the team for practice, but either way, it's undoubted that he would, he wouldn't play like a full starters amount of snaps. I'm sure in week nine. So we're still looking at probably two to three games where those guys playing like a huge, um, uh, those guys playing like a huge um, role in the offense. And so, I just am not sure, you know, if they're, if they're not healthy, um, I don't know, you know, in the next two to three weeks, I don't know if they're just going to like the bucks are just conceding. They're going to continue to get worse. I would hope that they would be improving. And that's why they're not even questionable for games at this point, but they're kind of locked in ready to go for games. And so maybe that's the case. Maybe they're just afraid one of those guys is going to get worse, but it's not like a, these guys could miss multiple games. So we need to bring in a wide receiver. So I'm not saying like health in depth. are always factors that you consider and, you know, uh, when they're you know, soft tissue injuries, you always consider those kinds of things. And could they get worse or get reaggravated? Sure. Like, but it's not the reason you make this move. You know, it's, it might be a small part of it. Um, part of the consideration, just that they've been a little bit more nicked up. Um, but again, it's, you're hoping that these guys are back to 90, 95, 100% um, healthy. And so, uh, you know, that, that stuff's all considerations too. Um, so yeah, on the field, the fact that Antonio Brown has that type of flexibility you know, Scotty Miller's the guy who everybody's kind of like, you know, what's going to happen with Scotty Miller? Like, is Scotty Miller going to play anymore? Um, you know, I, I do think the Bucks still use four wide receivers pretty heavily. Tyler Johnson is not going to play, uh, and I am not quite sure what's going to happen with Tyler Johnson. Um, he is way too good to, like, walk away from. I mean, but what are you going to do? I mean, Scotty Miller's, unless they trade somebody, you know, Justin Watson is the special teams guy. You almost figure he has to get a hat. Tyler Johnson could be inactive. Jaden Mickens is the punt returner. Maybe Antonio Brown becomes the punt returner for this team. And honestly, that's a move I would be all for. Antonio Brown, a tremendous punt returner. The Steelers tried to get him out of that role for years because they didn't want him getting hurt. With the Bucs, I don't think you have quite that same concern because he's probably not going to play a full workload until week 10 or 11, I would guess. And so um, I would think that that's that's part of the, the equation as well. Um, is wondering if Antonio Brown could field punts, and that way they could let go of Jaden Mickens. Um, you know, I think that's got to be a factor in when you're evaluating everything too. But you know, I, I think that um, that when you look at Scotty Miller and you're saying what kind of an impact can he make going forward, I still think he's going to play, and I still think he's going to get some shots. To be honest, I mean, he's played he's played really well, and so that's another reason why the trade is is just a huge risk in my opinion. I I think Scotty Miller's played great. I don't think he's just a deep threat either. He's an open underneath. Um, he's made plays after the catch. Um, you know, he's been he's he's a really good football player. and um, you know, it's just kind of unusual to me that they didn't weren't you know more excited about that. and you know, i I mean, do they think uh, Antonio Brown or Scotty Miller, if you look at it that way, sure, like you know, talent wise, I get where you're what you're saying there. But also there's a ton of stuff, you know, the else that you have to consider with this type of a move as well. So I don't know how you could trade Scotty Miller honestly with the way he's played this year and the fact that this is obviously a rental with a b. Um, and with Chris Godwin, you know, up in the air after this year, I think he'll be back, but I don't know how you trade Scotty Miller given that. And I don't know how you let go of Tyler Johnson. I mean, those, those could, I'm saying could, I I expect Chris Godwin to be back, could be your two and three next year on an offense that clearly relies a ton on wide receivers. So to me, I don't know how you'd even consider doing that. Um, you know, Justin Watson's the guy that you obviously could see going, but the special teams impact again. And so it's going to be weird to see how the whole room. Um, sorts itself out for sure I think yeah by Cyril Cyril Grayson uh, somebody said yeah no, no question about that I think we know uh, Scott Reynolds won't uh, won't be sad to see uh, Cyril go uh, there he had uh, some issues catching the football let's just put it that way um, but maybe AB can play running back in some formations on passing downs and catch the ball out of the backfield I wouldn't mind uh, seeing somebody out of the backfield that can catch the ball consistently maybe make somebody miss in space I don't know it'll be interesting though I, I say that tongue-in-cheek but it'll be interesting to see if the Bucks use some unique formations. Now we haven't seen much of that. Bruce Arians doesn't really do much of that, but if they use uh, some unique uh, personnel usage and, and get four wide receivers on the field more often, I mean, it is not a very common formation in the NFL to play four wide receivers at once. And so um, it'll be interesting to see if that becomes a part of the discussion. Um, but yeah, so AB's character, in other words, you know, is, is a, is a nuanced conversation that I don't think necessarily just, begins and ends with what he does in the locker room like there are things that the Bucks have said they want to stand for in his organization that Antonio Brown's actions over the last several years stand against I mean especially when it comes to women and and that stuff matters like that stuff matters now you're going to say it doesn't matter Winning's the only stuff that matters NFL organizations so let me rephrase that stuff should matter that stuff should matter to NFL teams and so yeah I mean there's part of it that doesn't have anything to do with how Antonio Brown's going to turn out this season on the field or how that's going to go for the bucks. You know, there, there's a part of it that just like as human beings, we want to see, you know, organizations honor people who have proven, you know, that they care about the right kind of stuff. And and at the very least haven't proven that they care about the wrong kind of stuff. And so I think that that's part of the Antonio Brown thing that, that is uh, that is troubling. And that is frustrating. I think, you know, is because there is a human element to this, that does matter whether 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 it impacts what nfl teams do or not that is the part that we debate and sadly we see that it doesn't impact that uh very often but acting like it doesn't matter or downplaying that and acting like it doesn't matter. Um, I just think that's a mistake. I think it's part of this that we don't want to talk about. We all wish Antonio Brown was this awesome dude and that he never did any of these off the field and and never had any of these allegations, never had any of these threatening text messages uh, to to one of his accusers or with pictures of her kids or anything like that. Sure, we wish those things didn't happen for multiple reasons, but they did and we would we're remiss and part of the problem if we don't talk about those kinds of things when the opportunities arise and so there is that element of this that i think needs to be discussed and should be part of it it doesn't mean you can't say i love the move on the field and i think the bucks are going to be a better team this year because of it you can logically say that there can be nuance to the discussion that you could say that while at the same breath condemning the fact that they have chosen to advocate for someone uh with this type of a history and 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 the other thing is we have not seen like a person we have not seen anything from Antonio Brown that would indicate change at this point. Like we haven't seen any of that. Um, Maybe the bucks know something we don't. Um, I would think that after the years of, of, of incidents that we've seen from him at this point, uh, that there would need to be something a little bit more sustained to be able to trust hard to look at this move and not think it's it's all about football and it's putting some important stuff on the back burner. Um, So So this week, the Raiders and the Bucs won't have Antonio Brown, obviously. They won't have him against the Giants, and then his suspension, which is carried from week one to week eight, um, will lift, and then they will begin this process of Antonio Brown kind of integrating himself into the locker room. where he is not a stranger to many people. Byron Leftwich, Larry Foote, they Antoine Randall, they all spent a little bit of time with Brady playing with him. Um, they know him and they've coached with people who've coached him uh, for longer periods of time. And so there's a level of familiarity there. Obviously Brady and Antonio Brown, uh, friends for a while now, and then played together briefly for like a week um, last year. And so uh, there is some level of familiarity here with him. I'm sure that is a huge part of it. The Bucks feel like even though anybody logically would have some concerns with the move, um, they would feel like that this is a situation where they have the people in place to be able to handle Antonio Brown, call babysitting if you want, with Antoine Randwell maybe being being part of his job, whatever you want to call it. But I feel like they think that this is a situation where they could handle Antonio Brown and they can, you know, deal with who he is as a person at times and the way that he can be. And I mean I covered him in Pittsburgh for years. Like I'm not I'm putting all the other stuff aside because when I was covering him for most of the time there, there was nothing going on kind of off the field at that point that that we knew of or anything. It was just it was just in the locker room. Yeah. I mean, there were definitely times standoffish and, and just unique personality, you know, and and uh and I think that'll always rub people the wrong way, but that in and of itself is not a concern, I don't think. And so the Bucks have the right people in place to be able to be able to communicate with him and teach him and integrate him into the offense, and you know, I think those kind of things. Um, you know the, they have a better framework in place to be successful with those kind of things than a lot of other teams around the league and so that's an important part of the discussion I'm sure it was an important part of the discussion for them as well um, so he'll be probably active for that Saints game you would imagine Um, you know we'll see what kind of snaps he would play the Bucs are going to have hopefully uh, have all their weapons uh, for for those games and uh, I think that one of the things the discussions we'll have to have at some point when we get AB back out on the field and see if he's, you know, close to the last AB we saw in the field is how good this Bucks wide receiver core stacks up uh, compared to the best other uh, best receiving cores we've ever seen all time, um, and 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 so it's going to be hard to, to envision this team running the football 25 times a game when they have these kind of toys to play with in the passing game. So. Um, Lots to consider and discuss. Ty wants to know, do you think it has uh, him not wanting to go to another – has to do with him not wanting to go to an NFC contender uh, like Seattle? I mean, I think the big reason that he's going to Tampa Bay is honestly Tom Brady. The guy advocates for him. Uh, He knows the kind of sway and influence Brady has. And so I think he feels like there's no chance for him to not be integrated into that situation and that offense. And so I think he trusts that and and is operating with that um, in his mind. And so I think that's a big part of it. They didn't want him. I think he'd be pumped to, to go to Seattle. Um, but uh, but, um, the but as for the Buck signing and you know, if they're trying to keep him away from another team, it's it's not worth it to me just for that. I mean that that's certainly a byproduct of it, and then one that I'm sure they're happy about. But I, I don't think it's the reason, um, the driving reason that uh, that that hasn't happened. Um, somebody, uh, Orange Sherbert wants to know: Can AB not interact with the team at all until the suspension is over? Um, AB. I think he can interact with the team to some degree, um, but he can't be at the facility. Well, the COVID stuff's one reason, but the suspension's another reason I that he can't be at the facility. I believe there's some level of interaction I think that he can have um, that will allow him to get a little bit integrated into what they're doing. Um, let me see. Scott may have, have some information about that, um, about whether he can be integrated into that Um yeah, I think he can attend meetings as early as next Wednesday if he passes. Uh, can't practice until the week of the Saints game because of the suspension, though. So I think it's about more about joining the team and the timeline and, and framework with which he can join the team. So, yeah, there's an element to this, too. Uh, George says this is A.B.'s last chance. He won't screw this up. Uh, you know, you, you hope that that weighs enough heavily enough on the guy's mind. We, we've seen a lot of situations where we've said it was his last chance, and it hasn't been. So, um, yeah, I don't know whether it's his last chance or not. I really don't. Uh, The league has shown that talent matters uh, to them more than anything else. And A.B.'s got that in droves, and he's young enough to still uh, command attention, and he's one of the best wide receivers to ever play the game. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, A.S. asked, does it affect Godwin's role in the slot? Uh, As I mentioned earlier, A.B. plays every position. Godwin also plays a lot of Z, and, and he plays in the slot as well. So I don't think... I think Godwin just gonna have more flexibility. Uh, I don't see it affecting his role at all. Like he's, he's their guy. AB, one thing Bucks fans might not know is AB doesn't block. Doesn't that like he just didn't block in Pittsburgh. I mean, they, they didn't use him that way. He wasn't very good at it when they asked him to, they hardly ever asked him to. He, he was just asked to block very little. So he won't replace Godwin's role in that way at all. I mean, I think you can pretty much expect him to play the Z uh, in any type of run situations. Uh, he would be kind of what, you know, out wide, like Mike Evans, he's not going to be a guy that moves inside and does any of that dirty work. Um, That's not his game. Um, The Cap hit uh, Jordan Ridgeway asked about a potential cap hit um, for the bucks. You know, I think we don't know any of those details yet. We know Ali Marpet's deal freed up about, I think it was four mil in cap space. So we know that there's some, some, to some degree, there was more space. My guess is Antonio Brown's deal will be very incentive laden. That's not really going on a limb. I, would be shocked if it's not incentive late and I hadn't seen anything um, that would suggest that his contract is what um, or what his contract is but I would guess that there's a decent amount of incentives built in even after we would see whatever number gets announced the bucks don't have that much space so it's not a substantial contract and so I'd operate from that premise and kind of go from there and assume that there's some um, some uh, nuance built into that contract with the incentives uh ty t wants to know this would affect mike's catches more than chris right that's a good question ty i really have to think about this one i am i am not totally sure who this affects the most from a fantasy perspective yet um you know one thing i think is for sure is that if chris godwin and mike evans are both fully healthy chris godwin is the volume receiver in this offense i don't think that part's going to change i think chris godwin's the volume receiver in the offense antonio brown could share some of that. And so in that case, I would say that that would take away some uh, from Mike Evans in that regard. But Mike Evans is one of those guys that I, to me, I don't think he ever was going to see the same volume of catches this season as Chris Godwin or maybe some other guys uh, in the offense. I think it was always going to be about the value of what Mike Evans can provide the offense. And that is still 100% intact. You know, Antonio Brown, his last year with Pittsburgh, if there was one area of his game that started to diminish, he was just not the same type of vertical threat that he had been in the past. And so that was something that um, I don't know whether the offense also changed. Remember Randy Feener took over and short passes became very in vogue. That's part of it. Antonio Brown, definitely slot fades and things like that. He's going to be a, a nightmare and he's going to be a really good uh, piece for the Bucks' offense. But I, I, Mike Evans role in this offense isn't usurped at all by the signing of Antonio Brown, in my opinion, like he and Scotty Miller, ability to stretch the field and Brady's willingness to stretch the field. I think if, if it was before week one, when this happened, we would be a little bit more uncertain about how much Mike Evans would actually be seeing the ball in this offense. But Brady has been very willing to stretch the field. I think the only reason Mike Evans hasn't busted out statistically is because he hasn't been healthy and because there's so many other mouths to feed to a degree that he's not in he, the quarterback. I mean, Jameis would just throw it up to him a hundred times a game, even when the coverage was wrong. You know, the Packers are playing too deep. All the time, you know, and, you know, this is a situation where the Packers are playing too deep and the Bucs are just going to run the football and they're not going to throw into double coverage where Jameis would, would throw that ball into double coverage. And uh, which team was it? it uh, I think it was Denver. It was Denver where Bruce Aaron said afterward, he said that this was a team that was going to double Mike Evans all game. Well, Jameis would have thrown it anyway and Tom won't. And so, if teams want to just focus on Mike Evans and say we will take away Mike Evans and that will win us the football game, number one, good luck, fellas. Number two, then that's what Brady's going to do. He's going to throw it to other guys. He's not going to force it to Mike Evans. So there's, when you look at it from that perspective, it is more of a propensity to cut into Evans' Evans catches and uh, <coughs> excuse me in production this season then not because of that type because of who brady is as a quarterback and the fact that he won't force it and he will spread it to guys like tyler johnson and jaden mickens and tanner hudson and if teams want to take away mike evans banged up go for it but in this situation guys girls how often are team what are teams going to do are you really going to double cover mike evans are you really going to double cover mike evans i mean just good luck i don't know what to tell you man like Rob Gronkowski's out here eating right now. Rob Gronkowski, he's like the fourth best weapon on the team. I i don't know, man. Like, to be honest, I just don't know how a team deploys that strategy and says, like, this will win us the game. To me, Mike Evans is going to get tons of one-on-one opportunities. It's just a matter of seeing kind of how it all pans out and how many times a game Brady can find him. There's a lot of mouths to feed in the offense. The ball's going to have to get spread around. I don't know if you're going to see three 1,000 yard receivers or anything like that. You know, you may see one or you may see none. I don't think I don't think not as likely, but I think it's a possibility. They're just um, somebody's hopping in here. Did the Buccaneers really sign Antonio Brown? Yep, that happened. Um, uh, that's what we're talking about. So yeah, so I think that's a part. You know, that's a part of it, and, and certainly um, Mike Evans' production is something that will. We've been keeping an eye on. I wrote about it this week. I wrote about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin being slotted for breakouts. This may eventually get into that, but I think over the next two weeks they face two of the worst secondaries and coverage teams in the NFL. I mean, last we saw the Giants in two weeks. Travis Fulgham, Greg Ward, John Hightower. You know who else for the Eagles? Boston Scott. I mean, these dudes who weren't even on teams you know a couple months ago were eating the Giants. Carson Wentz is throwing for almost four hundo against the Giants with nobody at receiver and nobody on the O-line. I mean, we all know what Mike Evans did at the Giants secondary last year. I think round two is coming in a couple weeks. But, um, you know, I think that this situation this week where the Raiders secondary overmatched and I think the Bucks are going to be able to take advantage of that. So if you're jumping in here and you're like, man, this is pretty cool. A, some people are just finding out. I'm seeing in the chat that the Bucks signed Antonio Brown. I didn't really think about the possibility that people would be watching and then realize it as they were watching what they were watching. Um, but uh, yeah if you're if you're just jumping into the chat and, and you're realizing that and you're also saying man, this is a pretty cool podcast. We go live like this four times a week, pewter Report podcast. check us out pewter Report TV. Head over to our, our YouTube channel, subscribe. Uh, if you've already been subscribed, but you're having trouble getting the notifications to work, hit that unsubscribe button and then resubscribe immediately after that. Then hit the notifications on and it should work for you if you're having some issues with that. But yeah, subscribe to the pod. We go live you know, four days a week and, um, and we have... Um, we have a lot to say about the Bucks, the NFC, uh, the divisional race. And then in, when the draft rolls around, we're going to have tons of draft content too. So if you're dropping in from another team and you're a fan base from another team, and you're like, man, where can I get more good draft content? Uh, maybe you followed my draft stuff before, uh, but yeah, we're going to have tons of draft content, uh, interviews, guests, podcasts when that time of year rolls around too. And maybe even at the end of this year, uh, we'll start having that as well. So hit that subscribe, hit those notifications just to remind yourself that you know in a couple of weeks, when the attention starts to turn that way we're going to start having those conversations on this podcast and give you all uh, some great insight there as well. We are so excited for the stuff we're going to be able to bring you uh here in a couple months. Appreciate you Billy Bucks fan saying loved you on locked on. Appreciate that man. Uh, lo- loved y'all on that uh, pod as well. Uh, had a lot of fun and we're going to run some of that stuff back in the in the off season and have some great guests and great podcast talking about the draft. I'm really, really excited about that. But yeah, four times a week, we come to you right here. Pew Report podcast, Pew Report TV. Check us out, subscribe, um, smash that follow, uh, listen and check us out during the week. And we have lots of fun, lots of good stuff to talk about. So as always, appreciate y'all. Antonio Brown is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Lots of nuance to this one. We're going to keep breaking it down. Check out our content over at pewterreport.com. We're going to have lots of insight, thoughts on the whole complexity of this process over the next couple of days. And oh, by the way, the Bucks play on Sunday. So uh against the Raiders. Fingers crossed. Hope for no more po- positive COVID tests for the Raiders. But that's pretty exciting too. So as always, thank you all so much for tuning in and for watching for another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. Out.